Hello everyone, it's Amy back at it again and I have my second episode of Buddy Banter which means I'm gonna have a buddy with me and we're gonna talk about stuff. So you know how I like to do Micah, I get my plugs done up front so we can get straight into it. So tell us all about what you got going over at Planetos. Uh, hey everyone, it's Micah. If you don't if you don't know me, uh, I am I am uh, one of the hosts on Planetos podcast and I'm over on Twitter Twitter at Micah underscore of Clark and I often post about Song West Fire and any other random stuff I feel like posting about. It's my Twitter. I can do what I want. You do what you want. You, you might talk about a few minor things over there. Huh? A, few, a few minor things. Just one or two. Um, You're a little Planet obsessed to with minor. Planet Toast may be up to a couple of things as we come back from our January hiatus because January is typically a month of not much stuff happening. January just kind of meh. So, uh, yeah, it's great, great to invite. Thanks for inviting me on, Kate. Uh, it's gonna be great to talk about this. Uh, yeah. Hey, cheers, Kate. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about DC. Um, before we do that, you know, I have to do all my plugs. I got a little sticky down here. So what I'm brought a list. <laughs> I know. I'm just like I. I know. This is why I do it up front, guys, so we can get to the good stuff. Um, I have an upcoming, I'm finally getting to that Avatar The Last Airbender stuff that I've been talking about. So I'm writing an essay on the Air Nation and I'm going to have a wonderful video with some guests to talk about Air Nation, airbending, uh, all that stuff. So I'm going to have our friend Archmaester Buzzkill at Through the Moon Door, Moon Doors, two words on YouTube, uh, and Lady Triple, uh, my friend Christina, and we think also Stephen Stark will be joining us. So I'm going to be doing that sometime in February. That will not be a live stream because I hate trying to schedule around other people's streaming. So that's just going to be a video. But please, Avatar Last Airbender fans, I'm here for you. I have loved the series since it aired. And of course, I study Chinese literature. So I'm all about that Eastern symbolism. Um, so far as my Song of Ice and Fire stuff coming up, I have that Mulan essay I've been and video I've been talking about. Um, I'm going to compare the... the um, Kind of character of Mulan from the poem and from the Disney movie to Alara slash Sorella and Brave Danny Flint. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, and I'm also going to have an essay about Yang and black and white symbolism in Song of Ice and Fire. And I'm going to have the one, the only bronze series himself on my channel probably around March to talk about that. And his dark materials, I have some stuff coming up too. I won't get into it, but this Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, I will be on Here Be Dragons talking about WandaVision. The first three episodes, I'm very excited. I'm a huge X-Men fan, so I'm going to have a good time. Um, speaking of X-Men, John Webster film. This Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, we will be covering the first X-Men film. I'm always over on John's channel every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern talking about a movie. Please check that out. And you know I love me some feminist analysis, Micah. We're doing the second episode of Bleep the Patriarchy over at Nessie's channel, um, The Unspun Yarn. I'm going to make sure I have all those links in the description. I know I missed some links. I'm going back in and putting those in. So please check out Nessie. She has amazing content, and she deserves way more views than she gets. Um, so February 10th, 2 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be talking about the binary with Low, and it's going to be called Bleep the Binary. So we were, we're having fun with the uh, titles there. And then finally, Monday, February 15th, on All Hail the Night's Queen's channel, we are going to also be streaming. We are going to have the Night's Queen court back again. We will be streaming about something, a song of ice and fire. Okay, I swear the plugs are over. Micah, yay. I'm so glad to have you here. First of all, thank you for being my 
second buddy to banter with. That's right, Mr. Micah Clark here to talk to me about DC. Specifically, not necessarily the comics, although, you know, I have read some of them, certainly not as much as I've read Marvel comics. Um, but we're going to be talking about the shows and the movies, um, especially animated shows, which we both have a love for. Yes. Um, so, Micah, I would say this, it's tradition here at Buddy Banter to make this the first question. This is only the second episode, so it's officially tradition. This is the first question. Why did you pick this topic? I, I have a knack of struggling to pick something in regards to, like, topics. This is just how I am. But, you know, we were talking, or I was watching the stream for Wonder Woman 1984, well, on a John Webster film. And I thought, you know what? Amy loves DC Comics shows, and I love, this was actually my train of thought, I love DC animated shows. Let's talk about DC Comics shows. Why not? Yay, I'm I, so excited, because yeah. you talk about minor characters everywhere, so I didn't want to do a repeat, but seriously, those of you who have not following Mike on Twitter, please follow him, because he knows every minor character in Song of Ice and Fire creepily well. It's like they're real people for him. and he, Well, they are, he, obviously. <laughs> he might have a bit of an addiction. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I'm wearing my Supergirl shirt. Definitely I was originally going to wear my Wonder Woman shirt, but Micah saw me run off to go do a wardrobe change because um, we changed our names to not Supergirl, not Superman. So yeah, um, yeah we both really enjoy it. Um, Micah, can you think of maybe when you were growing up your favorite DC thing? Uh, uh, it was essentially the Justice League animated series, but like I loved, I loved the whole bunch. Um, Batman the animated series, me and my brothers always watched. Uh, Superman the animated series, and of course Justice League came after that. Unlimited, uh, we watched some Static Shock when it was on TV. Ooh, I love Static Shock. Yeah, Stack Shock was great. Uh, um, I haven't actually, I haven't actually seen the whole thing on that one. I should probably pass that up. I have point. seen the whole thing, and I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. But if you can't get a hold of Static Shock, definitely check that out. Yeah, um, it's also nice to see when DC kind of uh, gets a little bit diverse. It's always a nice thing. Um, but let's oh, go yeah. ahead and start with with Justice League then, Micah, since that was so you mentioned that, and that's something that you and I both really, really enjoyed. Um, it, I still in my head can see the opening. Um, yeah, no, nope. I was definitely, like I was definitely just thinking of the music. Yeah, for like the early two thousands, it was like super hip. Kind of, if you, any of you guys, this is Marvel, but if anyone has seen X Men the animated series, the ending credits has like three D animation. Like it was the thing then, but they couldn't afford to make the whole animation three D. So Justice League did it for the opening. So I still have like amazing memories of watching the Justice League animated series. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, I, I can still think of what the music to the Justice League intro is today because it's just that much of a banger. It is. It's a bop, definitely. Definitely. Um. So, who was your favorite character in Justice League animated? Micah. Oh, I knew this one was coming. I'm, of course, we're gonna ask favorite character. Uh Not easy. Yeah. Uh, not easy I, to answer, I always but easy to ask. I always loved. I always loved how they had Superman for the animated series. He's my favorite version of Superman. Yeah, they used uh, the exact same animation for him, didn't they? This, yeah, this kind yeah, of, because uh, because it carried yeah. off. It was in the same con con <coughs> continuation. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they basically use the same animation, but um, 
I always love Superman, but I also really liked um, Hawkgirl and Jon Stewart. Yes. Because those, those two had a great story throughout the whole thing. Absolutely. But yeah. the whole crew was great. The whole team was all really well done characters. And you know I'm bad with names, Micah, so I have to confirm. Jon Stewart is the... Um, Green, Green Lantern. The yeah. Green Lantern. I, he's so much better than White Green Lantern. I mean, really. It's <laughs> just so... I mean, and his story, yeah. too, was very interesting. The way that they kind of gave him more of a backstory than we're used to for the Green Lanterns. Because you join this Green Lantern Corps, right? And right. it kind of, you, it seems like you would lose individuality, but Jon Stewart never lost that. And that's what I liked about his character. Right. Like, um, like with Hal Jordan, and we'll probably get into this when we talk about the uh, Green Lantern movie that was never made. But Hal Jordan I have no is idea like, what you're talking about. It's never he's, the, he's the white guy Green Lantern. <laughs> he's yeah. the first one. He, uh, he's more of the Paragon archetype. So there's a lot there's a lot that you can miss when like doing his character and whatnot but yeah having john stewart and de developing his character in the way that they did was really compelling and the stuff was like uh there was one episode where they had the really that one the first version of the superhero team of dc comics the justice society yeah was directly referenced as being john stewart's heroes and that was a great episode i don't remember the name but that was probably what my favorite episode yeah, you kind of, it had this feel of kind of, um, I don't know, tradition or legacy, right? When we, when we hear Yeah, actually, I think that's what it was called. I think that's what the episode was called. I don't know. <laughs> it might have been. Um, but what I also like about the uh, John Stewart, the Green Lantern in the animated Justice League is uh, when we, there's some kind of big space thing going on anytime in the show, then you see other Green Lanterns from other universes and worlds. And I really like that they're kind of these galactic defenders. They're an order, right? Yeah. You take a vow um, to, to- Yeah, I've always, uh, I've always know. liked the Green Lanterns. Yeah. And uh, I, I know you said it didn't exist, but we gotta talk about DC. We'll go back to the Justice League, but I just yeah. have to say DC's number one failure. And uh, they have Ryan Reynolds, what the heck? And it's I, I, I want would my be money like, and my time back. I would actually say that's the number two failure. Oh, it's juicy. What, who would you, what would you say yeah. is DC number one failure? Well, I think it's the Justice League 2017, isn't it? <gasps> oh, Micah, spicy. Okay, I have oh, some I things that spicy. I like about it, but I would not say it's as much of a flop as the Green Lantern was for me personally. I cringe every second of the Green Lantern movie. Yeah, the Justice Green Lantern like movie is really bad. Justice League 2017, if it would have like, like The Flash, the Flash leans into its campiness. Green Lantern movie took a bit, kind of a, a serious character with serious vows and then was like, we're leading into the campiness. It's like, that wasn't the right one to pick. Like, Ryan Reynolds right, was a good yeah. choice, but that character was not the right thing. Right, yeah. Like like I said earlier, Hal Jordan, the, the character, he is a paragon archetype. He is meant to be like the kind of Arthur Dane at face value. And there's still stuff you can do with that that archetype. It's just that they let Ryan Reynolds be more like his Deadpool character than than being his own character. And yeah, I think that was a, a major problem besides, you know, the whole stuff with the villain Parallax being a pile of crap. <laughs> um, so you also mentioned Hawkgirl and I loved her. Her name was Shira, right? Yep, Shira so Hall. I can't I don't understand how I can remember the names from this long ago, and then I will watch an episode 
of a new show and like like an hour or two ago and then forget the names anyway it's not as good as justice league yeah it's because it's not as good um i loved her character and like you said her dynamic with green lantern was really fascinating and i think what i also liked about that is you know especially when she got really mad the way that she would swing the mace and everything her body language uh she was able to really show i think a lot of um a lot of perhaps rage that a lot of female characters are not necessarily allowed uh, all the time. And so I really appreciate that because, uh, you know, I'm a Wonder Woman fan and I liked Wonder Woman in the Justice League animated, but Hot Girl stood out to me if we're like comparing women, which I hate to do, but I'm just saying there's two women on the team. So, you know, yeah, Diana was much more level-headed than Chiara. And I kind of liked the dynamic between both of them and how they were competitive in a couple of episodes. And then the last couple of seasons, they came to like kind of a, a girl packed agreement, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot girl is a very, very awesome character. I re- I remember cheering when I was first watching uh, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, I remember when she made her reappearance. I was always like, yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and then we finally also eventually we get her backstory with, um, uh, you know. If I remember right, they did, they did go with the kind of uh, Egyptian thing, right? Or did they go with, oh, yeah, that she was uh, a, they another did, race that they crash-landed in Egypt? They, they Egypt? did both. They did okay. both. They, they had both at the same time. And like, wow. It was so great, the first, I was confused. Yeah, they did a kind of, it was a magical reincarnation thing to where she was reborn. But she was reborn as the alien, and then she came to Earth, and then the stuff coincided okay, after so that. They, okay, so they, they did it all at once, which is fine. I'm not against it. Um, right. It was at and, a completely different time, so it wasn't super yeah. confusing. They did the alien infiltration first, and then, and then way later they did the revelation with the Diet Hawkman. Yeah, and we see that in um, DC Legends of Tomorrow. I think the first season we get yes, Hot Girl, first, and we get yeah. a backstory, and then you get so excited, and then she's gone. <laughs> and I was yeah. so mad about that, especially because- Me too, I, I wanted more Hot Girl. Really, they, they picked, obviously, all actors are gorgeous. It's kind of like a part of being in Hollywood, but the actor that they picked CW. was particularly striking. Oh, it's the CW. It's, it's just hot people with powers, basically. Yeah. Um, and. <laughs> I'll say right now, I mean, we're going to talk, trust me, we're going to talk about the CW shows. I've seen every single one of them, and I am obsessed, trust me. So when I talk shit about them, it's because I love them. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So I love DC Legends, actually. If you, like, put a gun to my head and said which CW superhero show, I would actually see DC Legends because, once again, leans into the camp. It doesn't try to be anything it's not. They're the B team, and they know they are. They're the B team from all of the random shows. Right. And so when I saw that they had Girls like yes, like they're not just picking for random shows. You know, they have they're going to create their own um, kind of canon, and I was really excited about that. So I was yeah, I, I was a little sad then when we get our backstory, and you know, they went with the whole reincarnated. Yeah, that's that's thing. the usual that's the usual story. Yeah. Thank you for feeding the algorithm, Yogi. <laughs> Thank you, Yogi. Hola, Pedro. Hola, Pedro. Um, yeah, so I I really was excited when I saw Hawkgirl in DC Legends, and then yeah, it was me too. And then really, yeah, really we basically sad. had the same feelings. We were just sad. I was just like, oh man, yeah. it's Hawkgirl and Hawkman. They're one of the best duos in the whole of DC Comics. And you know, I will have to say though, the thing with that is, is that <laughs> hey man, <laughs> the thing with that is, is that they did then 
luckily they didn't just maybe add one more woman and call it good. Like they have been more female characters in later seasons of DC Legends, but I don't think anyone, they didn't try to replace Hawkgirl, but they, at the same time, like they're all kind of in her shadow, in my opinion, because she just had such a strong start to the show and then we didn't get yeah. it anymore. So, yeah. um, but let's go back to the Justice League. We're going to get to the CW, I promise. Yeah, we'll, we'll so get there. We got, we'll, we got we'll time. We'll get there. Um, I, so Diana was obviously my, probably one of my favorites because I really liked Wonder She Woman. was great. Yeah. And I liked how she would take, you know, the coolest thing about Justice League is they're in a freaking watchtower in space. I mean, how can you not love this show? So Batman's right. up there like, uh, buttons and levers, like watching over the earth. And I kind of like that when Batman, you know, when Bruce is kind of having one of his moods, that Diana kind of naturally takes over, even though Superman is the leader, right? Superman right. is often gone and sent off miss uh, on missions. And when Diana is in the watchtower with Bruce, we always got some interesting scenes. Yep. Yeah. Diana's scenes were always like super great. As, especially with like her scenes with Bruce. Yeah. Cause they lean into the dynamic between them of like uh, how Bruce will be wanting to go to a certain length and then she'll try to pull him back, which is her typical shtick until, you know, when she also agrees that, yeah, we need to go this far in order to do it, which is great. She was a great character. Absolutely. I I think that in some ways she was the conscience of the group, but I have to say the Flash. He the, the Flash is the glue. One, there's that one episode where literally almost everyone dies and the Flash saves everyone's butt. Yep. That's my favorite episode. He's the glue. The series. He is. Yep. He holds them together. So even though Diana is very moral, I think she also kind of can have her faults. And I think what I liked about the Flash is he was the comedic um, release of the show, but he also yep. kind of, whenever everyone is fighting, whenever there are episodes where everyone's kind of at each other's throat, he's like, hey guys, let's remember that we're here to serve the people. We're here to be heroes, right? right? Yep, he, he always, always had that human connection. That that was, exactly. that was always like the Flash, that's always uh, Barry, or, it's Wally West and just Wally, the animated. Wally, yeah. I mean, I, I like <laughs> Barry Allen better, but they did give him Wally West. It's like, okay, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they always give him that they, they give it to everyone, but everyone gets that human connection that reminds them of what the real thing that matters is. And, and you, uh, know, you, you can say, oh, Batman, he's like, also, he's not really, even though he's the one without powers, he's not down to earth because he's rich, okay? Like, right, I do yeah. feel bad his parents died, but like he never wanted for anything. Because of that, you know, um, obviously Barry Allen's story is different from Wally West, but he is supposed to be like a middle class regular guy. Um, yep. So I really know Barry Allen's story much better and was a little bit surprised when I was watching it and when I, I assumed it was Barry Allen the whole time until like one time they're like, Wally. I was like, what? That's yeah. not Flash. What is uh, that's happening? Yeah, uh, that's because the timing of when the comics were coming out. Barry Allen was, Barry Allen in the comics was dead from uh, 1985. I believe that was when the big crisis happened and yes. up until 2000 and eight when the blackest night event happened so there was no barry allen between those points i know and it was it was sad though but for me i you know at the time i had not necessarily read the comics up into that point yet <laughs> so i thought right well i haven't read many of the comics either but i 
I went, I did get obsessed with like DC comics and stuff because it was my jam. So I would like go online and be like, all right, so what's the story behind all this and all this? So I kind of learned what all the crisis is and whatnot. So yeah. Yeah, and nowadays we have the internet uh, much more accessible. At the time yeah. that I was watching Justice League Animated Series, we had one desktop computer for the whole family, which I say whole family. I'm an only child, so it was me and my parents. But uh, the point is, is that I, I, I couldn't spend hours on Wikipedia like I do now, or, you know. Um, right. And there weren't as good summaries of comics as there are now. You can basically feel like you've read the comics now, even if you haven't. Um, there are also podcasts, like I listen to this, once again, this is Marvel, I'm sorry, but I'm obsessed with the X-Men and I always have been. Um, you know, there's this podcast I love, Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. And so I have read the X-Men comics, but it's been since middle school, so I've forgotten so much. But you can listen to episode by episode and basically feel like you've read themselves. So resources today may feel like a comic reader, back then maybe not so yeah. much. So yeah. the shows, we really didn't necessarily... You know, the bird com- and I had some friends in school that would were bat that read Batman comics, the Superman comics, but the Wonder Woman or the Flash, and so we were like filling in the holes for each other at lunch because I was a Flash and Wonder Woman fan, and so they would be like, "Oh, but Bruce was like this in the comics, and you know, uh, Clark Kent did blah 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 in the comics," and I'd be like, "Yeah, but Diana blah blah blah," so we kind of like put our knowledge together. Um, but yeah, so I, I really did like the flash in the show. Um, and I think that, like I said, there is that one episode, if you have seen the series, those watching, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, where basically everyone almost dies. And then the flash is like, but I ran fast and I saved the world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's saved their butts so many times. He also, I think is more optimistic because he's from central city and it's kind of chill town compared to like Gotham. It's so. it's so it's such a chill town that in the comics there's a point to where uh he goes to work at a bar that the entire his entire rogues gallery goes to and they hang out and yeah. like Captain Cold, Captain Cold knows who he is uh Heat Wave knows who he is and they just hang out and chat. <laughs> God, it's it's beautiful. Movie. I love it. Yeah, I think and, that and the, the, the kind of the villains and the danger of the flash comics were always downplayed compared to a lot of other comics yeah but it was the and and i would argue actually that a lot of the villains were more felt more human than than like in you know i'm sorry to feel like i'm just calling out batman the whole time but like you know the joker (laughs) i know you're gonna he's always just crazy uh, you know, in Superman, you have Lex, and he's just a rich, bald asshole. You know, but I thought that some of the villains in The Flash were actually filled out a little bit more, especially because when you have metahumans, there are people that got powers, and, you know, sometimes the, the powers itself was messing with their mind, or sometimes they were already kind of like misfits, the British show. I don't know if you've seen it, Micah. But I have not, unfortunately. People who are already bad people then all of a sudden have powers, and it's not a good combination. So uh, I kind of like that about Central City. You have all of a sudden, boom, there's, you know, metahumans. And the Flash is like, ah, just going to try and do good. <laughs> and it's, it's fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's always a situation that matters. And yeah, Flash is very, I would say Flash is more grounded than Batman is in terms of being with the people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, I think my favorite joke from Flash is definitely the moment in that one episode where Lex tries to switch bodies with Gorilla Grodd, but accidentally switches Flash instead. And then he's in the, and then he's at the mirror, and then he's like, "I'm gonna f- learn his secret identity." Takes the mask off, and he's like, "I have no idea. I have no idea is. who this is." Yes, the, the real, the, the really ironic exactly thing, yeah. the really ironic thing is that the voice of Wally West in Justice League animated series was Michael Rosenbaum, and he played Lex Luthor in Smallville. What? Yeah. Oh my god, that's so crazy. Did you not know that? Oh, I did not know that. I did not know that. It's super ironic, oh isn't it? Oh my god! So that's and that's exactly goes to the point we were talking about that he was a nobody, whereas Bruce Wayne, like yep. you know, if he would have done that, it would have been I'm gonna find who that man is. Like, holy shit, that's Bruce Wayne, the billionaire. Like anyone, right. well, millionaire nowadays, he would probably be a billionaire. But you know what I'm saying? Um, so great. So yeah, we've God. There's so many great characters to talk about. We've talked about the main ones. I know Aquaman is there. If you're okay with skipping him, I can. Um, the the Justice League version of Aquaman is like a badass. So you know we can spend a couple minutes on him. He's just I don't really remember him that well, honestly. I definitely okay. Let's talk about Aqualad and then do John Jones and then (laughs) talk a little bit Unlimited and then we'll we'll move on to some other stuff. How about that? Uh, so I mean, with Aquaman in his first episode, like one of the key character moments is when Orm has him. And his infant son strapped to a rock. And they're f- slowly falling down this ravine towards lava. And Aquaman's hand is like trapped in something. He's trying to get it off. But he's not going to be able to get it off in time to save his son. So he takes off that little uh, sharp piece from his his belt buckle. And proceeds to uh, slice his hand off. Oh my god, I totally forgot about <laughs> He's actually kind of badass. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really easy to discount Aquaman. Like, obviously, we have yeah, Jason yeah. in the 2017 movie, and I'm like, mm, I'm here for that. But mm-hmm, you know, yeah, like, you're here to watch Jason Momoa. But was mostly forgetful for me. But there were a couple times there were there was some some shit going on. Yeah, like Aquaman's only been in a few episodes of the Just League animated series. Like he's only in like yeah. I think ten. But the ones that he is in, he's a standout hardcore badass. <laughs> Danny. Danny's like, but ass off, <laughs> We're not right, talking about that today, let's, Danny. <laughs> yeah, Danny. Okay, first of all, it's House Flint. We'll talk later. <laughs> I love House Flint. Okay. That's fair. Um, Danny's like, speaking of the Flash. <laughs> I knew it. What about the reason we're all friends? Um, all right, so, yeah, we could talk more about Aquaman, especially when we talk about the 2017 movie. Yeah, John well, Jones, the Martian Martian Manhunter. Holy crap. I was so excited when, not not in the Justice League anime series, but in Supergirl, when he first transformed into John Jones, I was like going nuts. I I was like, this is perfect. This couldn't be any better. This is amazing. And he doesn't even look that bad. Like the CGI is not that bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, they actually did a good job with like that and, and, I also think that the the man, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on it. I don't know names well, real names versus char- much less character names. But in Supergirl, which once again, we're getting the CW, I promise you. But yes, we will touch on that a smidge right now. And the, the, the actor who plays Sean Jones, first of all, love that they picked a man of color and that he also doesn't like, doesn't just act like that's not a thing. He said he has a line in the show um, we'll definitely get to Supergirl, but he has a line in the show where he says, you know, I now know, I've walked as 
you know, a human of color and I am treated differently. He's a shapeshifter. He could shapeshift into anyone, but he chooses that because he, it helps connect him to humanity and the darker sides of humanity. So in the animated series, we get him transforming into a white man, which frankly would be the easiest thing to do in our society. And that's what I loved about Supergirl is that they didn't shy away from some of these issues. And with John Jones, I could not be more pleased there. I have some, Greg's about that movie or that movie that show but john jones is perfection and honestly so like yeah. one of the seasons i was super not into it and i kept watching for him yeah and john jones has always been one of my i didn't say him earlier but he's always been one of my favorite characters i've always loved the episodes that he was in he always had an interest they've always like added an extra layer to his character whenever he showed up and like they even like had him like connect to humanity in a unique way that's both similar to Diana, but extremely different all at the same time. Yeah, and Diana, you know, she does still have the mascara and her sisters back there, whereas John Jones doesn't have any. He has no one except for McGann occasionally. Yeah, McGann occasionally. <laughs> hey, and Young Justice, McGann's there. Um, but we we I, I I like Young Justice. I wish it would have got more seasons. Um, but there's a third. You know, I, I do, I hate, I hate to use the word love because I'm talking about genocide, but I really like the backstory of John Jones because you can use it as an allegory for any, you know, um, any type of uh, racial injustice and genocide yep. and, yep, you and can. colonialism. So I, that's what I really liked about it is he comes to earth and then he sees our faults because he's seen it happen before, yep. you know? Um, and that's, so I, that's what I really liked about John Jones and also his powers are just cool. He shapeshifts. He, he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, yeah. I keep talking about, he's like Kitty Pride. He can walk through walls and stuff. Yeah. He's got um, Kitty Pride. He's got, um, yeah, he, he can, can shapeshift. So he's also Nightcrawler. Yeah. He's also Nightcrawler and he's also Mystique. <laughs> yes, he's all the things. Um, but he's also, you know, there's, there's also this idea of being a green Martian and what that means. He's the last of his kind as well. Yep. Um, they were taken over, for those of you who don't know, by the white Martians. And so he's also kind of a representative of his people. So Right, which he, is like a recurring theme both in Justice League Animated Series and in uh, the Supergirl show. Because you've got like f- six and counting last of their race people. Yes, so many. <laughs> so yeah. that's the main dudes and dudettes. Of, yeah, the main um, ones. Um, Except for Superman, but we'll, we'll, I think we'll get to there. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Superman. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about Superman because there's also this upcoming, which I think may have already premiered Superman and Lois on the CW. Yeah, so that seems interesting. Hard into it. So we're definitely going to talk about more Superman, don't you worry. Um, yeah. I wanted to say, then, what do you think about Unlimited? And were you as into that as the animated Justice League animated about the same? Uh, what, what changes did you like and not like about it? I absolutely adored Unlimited. I thought that it was fantastic. Um, where to start? Uh, I mean, Lex Luthor is a phenomenal villain throughout the entire animated series from Superman the Animated Series through Justice League to Unlimited. He is fantastic as a villain. And... Uh, they started off Unlimited really great by having a, a, an episode that was not focused on the main Justice League to get you familiar with their new systems they had. 
Supergirl and they had Green Arrow, which Green Arrow is basically my dad. <laughs> oh, we've got an Ollie fan over here. Uh, yeah, this Green Arrow, is, this version of Green Arrow is great. <laughs> With the goatee, right? Yeah. He basically, kind of like pointed beard. I love it. Yeah. It was, it, it, this Green Arrow was great. Uh, Black Canary was really awesome. Um, yeah, they did a lot of great expansion with the characters they already had. Even though I wish there could have been more Wonder Woman, but yeah, no. we had we had Vixen, I guess. Yeah, a lot of it was focused on. Uh, it was basically so. For those of you that have never seen it, Justice League Unlimited was basically the Justice League was up in their watchtower, uh, being awesome, and they realized they needed more help, so they took on a lot of the minor heroes from DC Comics. So it's really yep. not necessarily about the the major. Yeah, it's not about the major teams. It's about them being mentors to. These yeah, it's about them being mentors and like how far they need to go, and they they also work on like closing the character arcs. I guess yep. they also yeah. work on closing the character arcs, like with the uh, special epilogue episode, which is like. It's a classic episode. If you haven't seen it, at least check that one out. Because there's a certain scene with Batman and this girl called Ace that is just an absolute... It's it's like one of the best scenes that uh, animated kids TV shows has ever done. Yeah, it has, like we said, it has uh, Green Arrow and... Um... I think Huntress also gets in. There. Yeah, Hun they Huntress shows up. Question so is whether too. They do a lot, yeah. And like if you like I used to have like the book of like DC Comics characters that would like have all the minor heroes and whatnot from that era. So I could like pinpoint and see who's in there. Like um there's an episode where at an instance you'll see the hero vibe, who is um Cisco Ramon from the Flash TV series. He's, yes. in there, he's in there for one second. <laughs> one second. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. I love Cisco. And oh my God. Once again, we will get to the seat. We'll get there. I have so many feelings. We'll um, get there. Yeah. I, but I think what I like is what I really liked about Justice League Unlimited is that because it was a larger scope, you had a couple of characters going on a side mission for an episode. And then the next episode, you would meet more characters more in depth, right? Yeah. Um, going to for on another mission. So you kind of got to know everyone, but at the same time, you also got to know the team as a whole and how they had dynamics. Like Supergirl was there and kind of living in Superman's shadow and how does she deal with that? Um, and then I think there was an episode where there was her clone that was like older and bustier. <laughs> it was just like yeah, they did. They the did Power Girl as well. They did Power, Power Girl. Girl. Yes. Um, <laughs> they, they did Power Girl without doing Power Girl. Yeah. They did, they, they gave her like five minutes of screen time. It's fine. Um, it's more than vibe. <laughs> yeah, more than vibe. Um, so that's, I think that's what I really liked about Justice League Unlimited is that. Yeah. It, and you know, what's interesting is all of these side characters we're talking about now are much more well known, like the Arrow and Black Canary yeah. because of the CW shows. Yep. But at and the, the time, Adam, like, no one yeah. knew crap about them. Yeah. Unless you were a comic reader. Like, much. Yeah, like unless you had been that person who owns the whole book that says DC Comics characters and you look and be like, oh, there's five. There's, I guess yeah. he's not that well known. And he you shows know, up in shows up in the Flash TV show. And another rich dude who has a lot of um gadgets. So I think people kind are, of are you saying that there's him. parallels between Oliver Queen and Batman and Robin Hood? No, not at all. <laughs> 
No, not at all. They're not even the same person. It's not like it was a copy and paste drop by DC. Anyway. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what I, I do really that all the time. About. That's what I really liked about Unlimited. So let's uh, let's stay in this idea and this this kind of realm of animated. Um, I've I've shit on Bruce Wayne a lot. Let's talk about Batman the Animated Series and give him his his due, shall we? A hallmark of kids animation. Yes. That pioneered the DC animated universe. Absolutely. And, bas and basically put Batman on the permanent pedestal that he cannot be moved from, no he matter how hard. He will never fall from, ever. You can't, you can't take that off now. He's way too famous. He has to be in everything. No, but, no, Batman the Animated Series, it's... Like, if you just watch the intro opening if you haven't seen it it does Which such is, this is does, the ending of the opening yep once again it was super into the 3d animation for openings uh, at this time it tells you all you need to know about the tone and what kind of story you'll be watching mm -hmm. yes the show that created harley quinn it that was did. her she was never in the comics before this that was her first appearance was on the show and there we go. There she is. There the she queen. is. <laughs> yeah. The other guy. The other guy can go. This. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Whatever. The other dude. Whatever. <laughs> no. Uh, I. Yeah, yeah. We'll definitely talk about Harley Quinn. But like you were saying, um, Micah, it really, the tone of the show is what I remember more than anything, really. Yeah. The, the, like most people had been used to the cheesier Batman, like the Adam West and the early comics, until. Uh, Batman 1989, uh, Michael Keaton portrayed a much different Batman than what most people have been used to by that time. Like, there have been some shifts by that point into the Batman we know today. And then that was, of course, and then, of course, they had the other movies come out. But then this show really delved into that. That tone of, the, the sort of noir tone, where he would, yeah, he would be fighting all these people, and there would be some really dark elements like with joker two-face penguin mr freeze mr freeze's whole story is just dark yeah yeah they <laughs> and they i don't think they sugarcoated that much for children's animated no show. they That's didn't another reason uh, why it was so memorable i believe there there have been scenes where like characters are like like they don't show them dead but like they never who die. Come back again. They never come back. It's like, oh, yeah. where did they go? Oh, they're not going back. They went to go get groceries. Yeah. But um, they went to go get a smoke, a uh, pack of smokes, fifteen yeah. years ago. It's like your dad left. <laughs> yeah, and like of course the comics also delved into the darker side of Batman, and you know, uh, Jason Todd happened, but that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah, and I actually did a rewatch maybe three or four years ago. And what I, one of the things that I found interesting about this show is that it kept that, um, it kind of kept that feeling, but it didn't have necessarily the kind of chapter by chapter aspect like we had with uh, this, once again, I'm sorry, this is Marvel, but I'm obsessed with X-Men. The X-Men animated series, you would have multi-part um, episodes and the episodes would build on each other, but, Batman the Animated Series was quote-unquote traditional, and then it usually wrapped it up within 20 minutes. And yet, it felt way more adult than most animated comic show, animated shows. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
So yeah, I think they that, just, that was what was... They went, oh. well, they went on another limb and, like, they even continued some of the tone into, like, the Superman animated series and Justice League animated series with certain things, like with uh, uh, Felix Faust or all of the finale of Superman's third season, I believe, concerning Darkseid. Yeah. And if, if I remember right, wasn't didn't they get in trouble for guns? Was this the series that um, did? They had to keep changing the animation until it looked I enough. Believe so. like I believe this was gun. that one. Like it had to look kind of futuristic. Otherwise it looked too much like a gun. So they had to keep changing. If I think this is the right one. I think that was it. Yeah, I think that was it. Or it may Which have been Batman Beyond. Which is like square. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like yeah. Lasers from Star Trek. Basically. They're like, you can show these people nearly get run over by a train. You can show these people get half their face fried. You can show yeah. a lady stuck in a coma that she will die if she leaves this chamber. But you can't show a guy. Can't show a guy. Yeah. So this guy, he can one, fall in acid. You can show him throw his uh, quote girlfriend quote off of a building because you didn't care for her anymore uh, at all. Yeah. <laughs> But you can't show guns. I was about to say in the first place. No. I corrected yeah. myself. I was like, that's not the right word. But it did, it did have though. I mean, you know, those in the chat have been talking about. We got to talk about Harley Quinn and whatever this dude next to her, whatever. I don't know. Harley Quinn has around. really made it big, and I am I'm here for it. I'm glad that they are developing her character because she's a character that deserves to be. Uh, as a fan of minor characters, and she was a minor character for a long time, I, I love seeing the exploration she has gotten of growing past Joker, whether it be in various forms throughout an animated an animated series that really explored very well, and a certain movie that she was the best part in. <laughs> um, are, wait, are you talking about Birds of Prey? I'm talking about Suicide Squad. Nice! There we go. Okay. I was about to say, though, Birds of Prey was one of my favorite movies that's come out in the past couple of years. That I, I haven't seen it yet. Amazing. Oh, then I won't give you any spoilers, but uh, she's okay. just as badass as you want her to be, so watch Birds of Great. Prey. So we have her also on the big screen, too. I would say on the big screen, but it's a uh, quarantine, so no one's really seeing anything on the big screen, but technically, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, also Suicide Squad, she yep. is the main attraction. Yep. And like she no, she's literally the only reason to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Do it. Um, so do you have any uh any other thoughts about Batman the animated series, Micah, before we oh. uh, nothing much that I've that I'll basically just be repeating things I say about just like the animated series had great characters, great animation, great uh, villains. His villains were really good. Um, yes. But yeah, it was a uh, it was an awesome classic. Yeah, while we're on the um, subject of Batman, you had mentioned when we were DMing about this Batman and Beyond, or uh, Batman Beyond. Pardon me, I watched it. I swear. <laughs> So you better have. Beyond, it was good. Uh, I, I watched growing up, and that's kind of his protege, basically. Yeah, um, one of them. Yeah, one of them, right? <laughs> the one that uh, got to actually be Batman afterwards. Right. Permanently. Um, you also have a little bit of an updated, more, you know, Batman animated series is late 
90s to early 2000s. This is going to be that sweet, sweet early 2000s futuristic kind of vibe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just check out its intro if you haven't seen it, everybody. It's wild. <laughs> um, yeah, like just like the animated series even had a point where they referenced Batman Beyond. They had them go to the future. And like, yes, I there's that. this really great moment where Batman in the past, from the past, past Batman is questioning somebody. Then old Bruce Wayne walks up and he's like, that's how I used to question people. And he like walks into the camera and he's like, this is how you do an interrogation. Oh, Batman Beyond, I don't remember too much about it, but I do remember liking it because um, I was not a teen yet. I was like a preteen, but it was kind of a kid who was messing up and trying to figure out life while also trying to save his city. And that, that was kind of cool compared to yeah. Bruce Wayne, who always felt very adult. If it was kind of like if Peter Parker got to be Batman's sidekick. <laughs> And that's who Terry McGinn is. Uh, that's the that's the main character. That's who he reminds me of. He, he's kind of a little bit, kind of like more of a, um, like he's a he's a little bit more abrupt than Peter Parker is. He's he's got a lot of differences than Peter Parker, but he does kind of have that same setting he came from, like a high school type thing. Yeah. But yeah, from what I remember from Batman Beyond, it was also really good because. DC just had that string of animated shows that just all just went bam, 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 bam. It was really a golden age for DC as far as. Yep. Yep. It's definitely their golden age. Which is our name for the stream. Yeah. It it was, I, you know, obviously we have the CW, which is what I would call the silver age, but I would definitely call these animated series, the golden age of DC on the TV, just because I mean, the, the kind of, fan base that was built around these, I don't think that will ever quite be replicated with the CW shows. Anna's um, got Anna's got a question there in the chat. Um so 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 Anna, yeah, this question. So with DC Comics, they a lot of men write them. Yes. <laughs> yes they do. Especially it's with like Batman. They get the Batman when I say he went up onto a pedestal, I mean like a golden pillar that is as wide as a city and as tall as a mountain. And Batman get got suddenly got so much attention that I think sometimes they ran out of ideas. Or they just wanted to go into the shock factor. And it was incredibly annoying. Like <laughs> none of those characters needed that. <laughs> No, especially, yeah. well, actually, everyone that you mentioned, but and none of them needed that. Like Bruce and Talia could have just like had a nice night together. Like we could have done that, and Damien would still be the same. It's almost like maybe there was a show that perhaps you and I have watched, Micah. That is, let's call it Shmame of Schmoes. That added a rape that was unnecessary. No, no, I'm misremembering uh, something. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're close with that one. Be stronger when she was already strong, and obviously the show writers just didn't understand that. Anyway. Yeah. Like the killing joke thing is like a massive like shock factor comic. And had all. It was just an incredibly dark thing where. 
Although it isn't Joker's character to do a whole string of events where he's just like, I want to see how far I can go before Batman kills me. Like, what do I have to do to do that? Well, there are these options. And like that fits in Joker's character. And I'm not entirely sure like what else you would need to do. Even if Barbara's character preceding her role as Oracle was kind of cool. It was also kind of demeaning because she didn't get to be the action-packed Batgirl anymore. She was stuck in a chair a lot of the time. And Sorry. I would say, you know, we have, we've been talking about heroes, obviously, but as far as villains, I will give Batman this. Joker is probably one of the most prevalent and well-known comic book villains. Yeah. I would, say, I would say he's the number anything. one well-known DC yeah. comic villain. And he has been portrayed the most amount of times. And that is because there is something about this idea of madness that I think audience members are fascinated by. We kind of want to either, it can be dismissed as well he's crazy, or we want to know what made him this way, right? And I think that's why he's a fascinating villain. And I would say, as far as most interesting and well-developed villain in all of comics, I think number one is Magneto, but that's because I'm a huge X fan, but I would put number two for me, Joker, actually. And I don't know, Joker's, Joker's great. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the strength of Batman, even though I kind of joke that like, ah, you know, come on, Bruce, you know, uh, you're, you're a rich boy who's really privileged, all this and that. But the reason that Batman is able to, the comics and the shows and the movies is able to set that tone is because of Joker, basically. Yeah, like, you have Batman who has this incredibly high moral ground, and they constantly remind him, this is what the opposite you looks like. This is your, um, if Batman were Brandon Stark, this is your Euron Greyjoy. This is the insane other part of you that could be where you go, or where anyone could go. The constant reminder of what Batman has to stop. Yeah, and you have this, I this, like, figure, not figure, it's kind of this um, setting of Arkham Asylum that is so, uh, you know, you see it in video in the Batman video games, and it always makes a, an appearance in any movie series or show. And yep. it, it is kind of this idea of Gotham City is hard, and you're on the brink of going mad living there, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to I'm pretty sure every civilian in Gotham has had some time in Arkham Asylum. Yeah, um, um, I totally agree with you, Reflective. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I like Magneto because I'm such an X-Men fan. Yeah. yeah. Joker is the most well-known comic book villain. Uh, her, her previous comment, I do want to acknowledge a point. Um, uh, like, what's this stuff that they do the comics do go to a lot of like early teens and there is a lot to do with like fan service and whatnot similar to what japan animation does with their fan service of sexual sexualization and whatnot uh that is yeah yeah i, I it's a good point the gender gen demographics and whatnot are also a lure yeah and, not and i do think that um Keeping the audience's attention was always at the forefront of any any writer's room, but especially these, a lot of these animated series were very experimental at the time. Now we think of them as these like set in stone classics, but at the time, 
especially when they were working toward the end of, you know, wanting to make sure that they make the end of the season interesting enough that they'll get renewed. It was grueling work to try and make sure yeah. that people were still paying attention. Yeah, definitely. So we have that. Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's Batman Beyond. So I'm, I'm ready to move on from Bruce Wayne if you are, Micah. Fine by me. Um, you know what? I'm... I'm going to pick the next topic and I want to talk about Teen Titans <laughs> because we've Teen been talking Titans. about all of these, all of these A-list heroes. Let's talk about the B-list heroes. You got Robin who was Batman's sidekick and he goes off and he's broody and he founds his own team, the Titans. So this is what I think you and I both, Micah, think when we think Teen Titans. That's the classic team right there. So Robin, Cyborg, Beast Boy, Starfire, and Raven. Exactly. And we have this, um, I still see it in my head, like the, the Benihana chase scene that one of them had. Uh, they, they had on uh, a lot of good music. They had these, a lot of um, Japanese artists doing really fun, quirky music, poppy music for it. Yeah, they it had a, a lot really of... It was a really fun show. But at the same time, you also, I will say, Micah, talk about tone. It was a fun show, but when you get Slade, that was actually really serious to me as a kid. Slade as the villain. They nailed the characters here in some ways i think that they did better than in justice league sometimes like what every single every single member of the teen titans got an enormous amount of fleshing out like you had an entire episode where beast boy and cyborg go into raven's mind and experience her different personalities and the walls that she puts up around herself to keep herself from yeah, becoming like her father now that episode always stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. It's a very psychological episode, which I think that what I liked about Teen Titans is that they, they did trust their audience, even though they knew most of us were kids, to get that kind of major psychological work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like this point about Joker, too, even though we've moved on. Yes, I think that we're... Yeah, Pedro, that is a good point. It That's works for, I think, Joker and Batman in general. There's... I've said this a couple of times already. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, um, yes. I love uh, Raven, Anna. She yes, was, Raven was... Girl, great. I really liked Starfire, but I found her a little too, which most people would say, a little too cheery. And I liked that Raven, she, even though she, you could call her maybe slightly mildly depressed, she was also, of all of them, the most realistic about the world and how... Well, I mean, her dad was... Like, that's a demon. Basically a devil. So basically yeah. a demon king, yeah. Yeah, so she she knows that evil exists and that it's not all yeah. rainbows and 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 while we're talking about this, I did just want to give a shout out um to the live action series going on on HBO called Titans. I have watched every episode. I am obsessed. Yeah. Um I literally okay, the opening is a banger and I'm sorry like Everyone, I'm gonna hum it, but it's like da, 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 da. it's like really it pumps me up. But more than anything, Starfire is a person of color, and I'm so freaking here for it. And Raven is aged down a little bit, and I kind of like that. She's a little bit more naive, not as worldly as the Raven that we normally get. Um, Beast Boy, in my opinion, is depowered. He literally just turns into a tiger and once into a snake. Not cool. Is it the CGI also, budget? I I wonder. But we also have Hawk and Dove. They have um Yes, Hawk and Dove. I'm, I'm su have, I was surprised they, when they joined in. I was like, yes, wow, they and, don't get any representation. <laughs> right? 
We have Superboy, who's a clone of Superman and um, Lex Luthor. We have yep. Wonder Girl, who was... Yep. Uh, I see Donna. Was, I see her. Yes, I love Donna. She, she actually gets TV representation. She actually does. And so we have all these great... And then we also have not not only Dick Grayson, um, who is was Robin and then turned into Nightwing, but then we also have Todd, Jason Todd, the, another... Ooh, yes. Um, and I think I saw Ravager there as well, Deathstroke's daughter. That's pretty yes. great that she's there. Uh, she's, they mainly just call her Rose in the show. But yes, we sure. also have Deathstroke's daughter. So we have a banger cast. Now, that is a pretty just, are you ready for like my footnotes? Act, the acting needs work. And the writing yeah. needs even more work. And Dick Grayson, okay, the guy who plays him is Australian. And he is really hot. But he has no acting skills. And I want yeah. to like him so bad, but it's really hard. All I, I mean, it's, I just right. end up being like, okay, he's hot. And, and I just yeah. have to accept that he's not yeah. too hot. <laughs> um, when the trailer first came out, it kind of like let me down a little bit because yeah, the writing itself did show a little bit when they were like, oh, where's Batman? And then it cuts to Dick Grayson. He's just like, fuck Batman. Yeah. yeah it, I, was, I was like, oh, that's very And then once like Wonder Girl, Donna, her actor killed every scene and needed way more screen time and they pan back to dick grace and i'm like no give it back to my girl she knows what she's doing Come right on. yeah donna donna needs more love Beast anyway Boy, love him did not get enough screen time so they're so i think they're a little too hyper focused on dick grayson and quite frankly his actor does not have the talent that i think a lot of the cast does the woman who plays starfire kills it and she i i really like what they're doing with her character and I kind of do like that they didn't do the classic can't, doesn't have correct English grammar thing, because that would have been distracting in live action. It's funny in um It's funny animation. in kids TV, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's it would have been weird in live action. But And we do also have, I do also want to shout out Teen Titans Go, which I have not seen, because I refuse to, because this is my Titans and it will be forever. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit of a purist about my Titans. Um, but they, it's like a little bit of a you cheapy animation. You have to show Pelka, you showed it again. <laughs> it's a little bit of a cheapy animation from what I can tell. I have no idea about the writing or anything. Maybe it's awesome, you can check it out for yourself. But what, like, what Micah was saying, the OG Teen Titans animated had those times, like Raven's whole arc of finding out who she is and trying to find an identity for herself separate from her father is one of my favorite arcs in all of DC animation. It kills. And whenever uh, Starfire goes back to her home planet, that's also an amazing arc. Yeah. Because she's like royalty. She's got kind of like, and kind of figure it out. And she's kind of got a thing going with Robin, but then she has to kind of be in an arranged marriage. It's a thing. It's really interesting. Because you have, yeah. they do. That they sounds do about have, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I will say though, it's a, it is a thing of early 2000s to have a person of color either in live action or animated and not quite get there as far as filling them out. So Cyclops, uh, sorry, Cyborg, pardon me, I'm still thinking about X-Men. It's because I'm talking about tomorrow on John Lobster Film at 7 p.m. Eastern. Anyway, um, Cyborg, not that filled out of a character compared to the others. He kind of has this, um, it's a little bit of a one-dimensional, one to two dimensional character, but he also has that backstory of being an amazing football player who was hurt, right? And kind of lost his physical ability and had to become 
non-human in order to get it back. And I think that was interesting that they did do that well. Yeah. 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 I agree. And yeah, that, that Pedro, is quite a thin line. Like <laughs> It's quite a thin line, Pedro. Like, on point, Pedro. That is exactly how it feels the whole time you're watching. Because Dick Grayson is a little screwed up and that he has trouble with his own feelings. But the actor could just, just, I'm, okay. I don't know if they've been renewed for another season. If those in the chat, if you know they have HBO's um, Titans, let me know. But, like, if they are renewed for a new season, he needs to, he needs to, try he needs to kind of take some risks on acting in the next season because i was not feeling especially the the second season i was like no dude you're supposed to be the main character <laughs> stop it anyway um but how about robin in the original animated teen titans he was very interesting i really enjoyed him and they really pretty much left, from what I can remember, they pretty much left Batman out of it. And in the yep. live-action Titans, he's, like, in the shadow of Bruce Wayne. And by the way, a Song of Ice and Fire uh, fans, watch the Titans um, live-action because you might recognize Bruce Wayne from, from Game of Thrones, so you should watch it just for that big reveal. I won't say who it is. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's Stephen Delane, isn't it? I don't know. I that's don't know. Stannis. That's uh, he plays Stannis in the show. Oh, <laughs> totally, totally. Because <laughs> he just screams. He would be a great older Bruce Wayne. Rich charisma. So um, he, would, he would be a great older Bruce Wayne. I love that you always say actor names, and you're like, "Amy, you'll totally get this." I'm like, "Micah, you you should know by now." I'm bad with names. Um, but uh, so yeah, so we have Robin in the in the OG Teen Titans animated. Um, I think what I kind of liked is actually the the scenes where he was alone, kind of in his chambers, especially around the time when he was really clashing with Slade, and he was wanting to um, confront Slade by himself without the team. Those were always interesting parts of the show. Yeah. Yeah. He was super interesting in the show, even though he was, like, he's still a kid. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, 14 in the show. <laughs> but, yeah, he was still super interesting, and it's, how, and it's interesting how they had Slade be the kind of anti-Batman while having Slade, while not having Batman in that whole show. Like, there's a point where Slade's like, I could make you my own son. I could be your father. Yeah, he has this, like, oh, I could make you my protege thing going on. Yeah, yeah, he has that whole complex there, and then Robin's like, nope, I yeah, already got Slade one. <laughs> also, like, begrudgingly recognizes Robin's talent, too, which is kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, that's, that's completely with a Deathstroke's character. I love, I love Deathstroke. He's He's a really badass villain. He's like, he's a kind of mercenary who, when he know, he always knows who he's fighting, and that will always inflict like what he does and how he acts, and it's always super interesting. Well, whenever they do it, in, right? In, uh, Arrow, don't we? The CW show. We get yes, he is. He's in season. He's he's in season two primarily, and then he like pops in and out every now and then. But I only, <laughs> I, I only watched up. In the I only watched action. up to season. I was only up to season four in Arrow, and then I was just kind of like, Meh. "It's for the best." We'll get yeah. to the CW for sure. Um, so, any um, closing comments on the animated Teen Titans? Uh, not or that much. Action, either one, just Teen Titans in general. Uh, not that much. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I haven't actually uh, watched the Titans live action yet. Well, I'll do one more plug. Like I said, not a huge fan of some parts of it, 
but it is very interesting. And if you do what I can, the guy that plays Dick Grayson is hot. So there you go. Right. Oh, hey, Aegon. <laughs> Looks like Aegon joined in. Oh, hey. Um, yeah, oh, I totally forgot about this plug. So thank you, Aegon. I'm on too many things. Tomorrow, Saturday, the 23rd, um, at 3 Eastern. Yes? Yes. We will be talking about the news that uh, Duncan Egg might be made into a series by HBO. So I'm going to be on there with Aegon and my friend Lo the Links on uh, Yogi's channel. That is through the Moon Door. Moon Door is two words. So hey, Aegon, thanks for showing up. Um, so we just finished, Aegon, to catch you up, we just finished talking about Teen Titans. So we're going to go on. So would you, Micah, I shall give you options. Do you want to talk about the CW shows next, or do you want to talk about the movies or Smallville or both? Um, I feel like you could transition from Smallville to the movies. Okay. Uh, I was thinking we could take a sec to mention Smallville, because that was one of my big things. Really? I, I have not seen it. You, you've not seen Smallville? I have not, but I have friends that are obsessed with it. So let's give them. It, it does a lot of this. The <laughs> uh, Smallville was really fun. It was a really cool look, and it was a really cool dive into Superman's character, as well as doing very interesting things with the with Lex Luthor, the Kents, Lois Lane, and most of the characters. But the stuff with the stuff with Lana was a little eh when I look back on it. But that's this typical CW romance things, as they do. Um, but the main the main thing that is worthy of praise from Smallville is the relationship between Clark and Lex and how they do it. Because they start out as friends. They do a really good job of having them start out as friends and then they slowly just rip, they slowly just crumble apart in their relationship. And it's it's really good, and they have really cool cameos for different superhero characters. They have a really cheesy episode where they do like a kind of mini Justice League thing, and they just like fall. They just lean into how campy that episode was. Yes, that is correct, Aegon. CW not has been. They wouldn't have been able to do what they did without Smallville being like, here is Superman. This is the correct Superman. Yes. I I don't know much about Smallville, but I do know that it proved that these shows can become popular. And the CW was like, hello, the next 15 years of production. It also had had Hawkman. They didn't have... Yeah. They had Hawkman in for a few episodes, played by the guy who uh, played Daniel Jackson in Stargate SG-1. And it was it was really cool. That that version of Hawkman was very great. Kind of a kind of the um, old loner type who used to be okay. part of a team. He he was very cool. No Hawk girl though, unfortunately. Boo. I know. <laughs> Wish they could have, but eh. But yeah, we can see Smallville, I think, as a really, really important stepping stone. I'm not saying it doesn't like show, you know, stand up as its right. own show, but I I, it's a, it is well known within pop culture, even if no one has seen it. And that is, I think, even if so- someone like me hasn't seen it to know about it, that shows how successful it was. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So and the, and they take it from when he's in Kansas, right? He's not. Yep. He starts out in Kansas, and he story. and he ends the series doing something that they teased him doing throughout the whole show and he doesn't get to do until the very end because the um the studio guy said no we cannot show him flying it was like in a copyright thing 
uh, where wow. they they couldn't have him. They either couldn't have him fly, or they couldn't. Oh, it was they couldn't show the suit. They could oh, never no. show the suit until like the finale. Wow. Yeah, but it it paid off really well, and it was a great satisfied satisfying payoff. Yeah, um, I I have many people in my life that are big Smallville, Smallville fans, so I it's feel like good. I kind of missed really the boat on it, but good. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it out. It's um, really good when it's good. That's what I'll say. <laughs> so what, which movie do you want to talk about first, Micah? Do you want to talk some Justice League? Do you want to talk some Wonder Woman? Uh, some Dark Knight? Everyone's already talked about the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is really good. Uh, period. Anyway. What? <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. I haven't uh, heard that. The, the Dark Knight is a really good film with that basically showed what we've already talked about between Batman and Joker being complete antithesis to each other. This is like one of the ultimate explore, explorations of it. I think what I obviously I love the Dark Knight. It's it's an amazing it's, film. Yeah, it's really good. But I think what is interesting about it is that DC has stumbled so much to make it as far as movies. And then the dark, like, you know, there is the trilogy, but the dark Knight specifically happens and everyone is shitting their pants. Like it changed, you know, you can look at Marvel and say, Oh, they have the Avengers. They have Iron Man. They have Thor, like for sure, for sure. In America, those are all big franchises. Captain Marvel, I agree. No camera. Why you do that? Ah, okay. I'm going to do this for a second until it gets better. I don't know why it's doing that. But for sure, The Dark Knight put DC on the map as far as cinema. Like, I don't think anyone would ever argue that. Yeah, because Batman. before the Batman movies before that were um, uh, either really bad or um, Batman Returns, which was like, it was okay. But it had <laughs> Bat Batman and Robin and the Batman Forever didn't put a very serious light on Batman. But then yeah. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, and Dark Knight Rises, they were really good. They sort of brought back that other side of Batman. No one's really and seen for I a long time. I think it got the tone better than anything as far as the tone that we were talking about with the animated series, Micah, where you have this kind of dark and kind of on edge, and that to me is gone. Right. So the yeah. Dark Knight and that whole trilogy overall pretty much embodied that at any point, you know, tragedy. Yeah, and like it, it was it was easier for them to do with that because, of course, Batman Animated Series is a kid's TV show. So there was only so much they could do. They couldn't show someone getting penciled in the eye. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's our honorable mention. That's our honorable Knights. mention. There you go. It's your Dark Knight. The fans are pleased. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, if you did want to jump back to the animated series just for like one second, you are you certainly watched more of the Superman animated series than me. Did you want to say a little bit about that? Before we move on to full live action stuff, ah, uh, not that much. The Superman animated series is also really good. Um, when they really got, when they really got to step up after the first several episodes were a big success, they went to really strong places. Like when they, whenever they encountered Darkseid and they had Superman fight Darkseid, it was always great. That's probably yeah, Dark why Darkseid. 
probably why Darkseid is probably one of my favorite DC villains is because of his role in Superman and Justice League. The animated series, not necessarily the movies. Um, yeah, I, and I'm sorry, I totally skipped over the Superman animated series. That's because I, I'm a big Supergirl fan, as you guys have noticed, um, but not a super big Superman fan, which is, um, you know, my partner would have something to say about that because they Superman, really, really love Superman. So. Superman's like a lot more deep than people would think, but not deep in the way that people think <laughs> yeah that's where like i say justice league did superman best in terms of how he looks at his own powers but at the same time how he views what his friends can fight like he has episodes where he'll be like you guys can't handle this i'm the strong one so i have to fight it he feels like it's kind of his duty <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, of course, his friends will be there to remind him, hey, you're not alone. And him feeling alone is also a great part of him, which is something that they also delve in Smallville. Yeah. And they I don't mean, really delve into that uh, uh, that much in the uh, movies. Yeah, I think the isolation is a big part of his character, um, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think, can okay, so let's get to some live-action movies. And I'm picking the next topic, Micah. Let's talk about okay. the girl. I don't want to talk about 84 because I talked about it for three and a half hours on John Lobster film. But let's talk yep. about the first Wonder Woman movie and Diana, the, the Gal Gadot version of Diana. And I mean, she's obviously gorgeous. I mean, I'm thinking he would argue that. Um, but I think also her, why? You see that, right? My camera being a bit. I not. I, oh, I, I, see, I see kind of like, uh, I think it's like glitching out or something. Boo. Okay, is that enough? Uh, yeah, I think okay. so. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. It's still kind <laughs> of like uh, doing whatever it is. I don't know, words. I don't know what is happening. I'm sorry, um, audience. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked the first movie a lot. The last battle scene for me was a bit much, and I feel like the movie could have been like 15 minutes. Yeah, the movie was like really great up until they said Ares was behind everything, and then it just... Like fell down. Like I don't know. It was it was really weird how they handled Ares, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Wonder Woman herself was like really great. Um, her her role was pretty good. Uh, they they did her basic comic uh, origin story. Exactly. Uh, I really liked I liked the moment during the third act where she was confronting Dr. Poison with a gigantic tank <laughs> and she chose mercy instead of, you know, brutally crushing someone beneath a gigantic tank. All of that was somewhat quashed when they were like, yeah, Dr. Poison's choices weren't actually hers. But, um, and I said I wasn't going to talk about 84, but I will say this. The classic, um, we must find another way that other than violence is kind of a lot of Diana's struggle. It, it is a lot of her struggle, yeah. She and, is and a the, demigod. I mean, she could kill, just like the Superman, she could yeah. kill all of us. Like, in, in the comics, there's only a few occasions where she has to kill. Like, there's a point where Maxwell Lord, in the comics, controls Superman and has him go bonkers. And Wonder Woman's fighting him. She gets Superman to stop fighting. She basically ties him up. Yeah, uh, then she gets... I know that. In the comics, she, like, 
she doesn't necessarily defeat Superman, but she basically defeats him, which is surprising because he's so overpowered in pretty much every portrayal, in my opinion. He's seen as, like, the strongest of the DC Universe. Yeah. But actually, Wonder Woman, I would argue, is the strongest. I think they're on par, but, you know. (laughs) On the same stage. But, yeah, the, the... But yeah, in the comics, there's a point where Maxwell Lord brings up a point to where I'm going to be around and you can't stop me from controlling Superman and making him destroy everything. So it forces her to actually break his neck and kill him, which everyone was shocked and clutched their pearls. How could she do such a thing? That was me. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, Diana does have to make some hard choices, especially in the comics, but she does try and and find a way if she yeah. can um and i don't want to talk about it anymore because <laughs> i talked about it so much on jack webster yeah but um but you know the first one though was a, a very strong um adaptation as far as kind of reintroducing her to yeah. people and it, introducing her to people first in some cases for the first time yeah because wonder woman's gotten barely any <laughs> screen time right. and she's the third in the trilogy I, w- I would argue a second i would say batman's the third but she's the second in the tr- trinity uh she's got a well she needs more stuff guys come on i know that the hollywood showrunners are watching the stream i need you guys they're to fans give, of the channel yeah they're fans of the, obviously totally they, they need to they need to do this we demand it Definitely. um yeah and actually i will say she was the best part of the Justice League movie. And my other than um, yeah. Jason Momoa. Yeah, her and Jason. Jason Momoa just makes whatever you're watching insanely fun. Yes. Um, so that's a nice segue. Let's talk about the Justice League movie. Um, I liked the Barry Allen in this. I thought he, he kind of, he was funny and not terribly serious, which kind of embodies the young Barry Allen. Um, but it still had his backstory of his father. And you notice she's in the middle in this picture, too. Superman is not in the middle. She was kind of the leader in the movie. And I think that's why yeah. I liked it. You know, Batman started out as the leader and then she kind of took over. Um, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Justice League. Give, give, tell I me, don't know why Warner Bros. wanted to shove, shove a four new superheroes into a movie with no, like... Yeah, I didn't like the Martha moment that much. <laughs> um, but, like, the main issue with, like, the Warner Bros. DC universe is they are trying too quickly to be the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which yes. many, which, like, many other studios wanted to do, but, like, only a couple actually only to get one film out of it. Looking at you, mummy. And <laughs> only DC has gotten to be more than one movie, but they've, I mean, like Justice League is supposed to introduce the Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg, and basically Wonder Woman all in one go. And it's extremely packed. It is. Uh, to the point where it, it really hurts the movie because you don't know these people and you barely know what they're supposed to be fighting. And the stakes are another the world is in danger but you aren't connected to the world like yeah most of these most of these heroes that the riddler being oh you mean oh you mean batman forever or one 
I am not sure. Oh, in the bat in the new Batman movie. Yes, yeah, the Riddler is the villain. The that is Finally. very cool. I like him. Anyway, <laughs> back to raving on Justice League. Um but yeah, you get uh, most of these heroes, their main what DC Comics does really well is they have these beings that are usually not completely human have connections to humanity and observe that. Superman is the last son of Krypton, allegedly. And <laughs> he... Not the last son, but not the last daughter. <laughs> not the last daughter, but also like Zod and like the whole yeah, triad. I, 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 I understand. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's like a bunch of them. <laughs> and you have... Green Lantern, who's involved with a lot of aliens, looking at humanity. You have Wonder Woman, who's secluded from humanity for most of her life, and then she comes to it. You have Batman, who... Batman and Flash, who are basically on the ground of humanity, rising up. Um, and then you have... Well, I would uh, argue Batman isn't the upper echelon. So. I, I, I was, uh, I, yeah, I was saying he's already pretty up there. But, he doesn't have to worry about the pores like we do. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you have Cyborg... We got five minutes of his backstory, Micah. Isn't that enough for you? <laughs> you got five minutes of visuals. <laughs> okay. I will, okay. Of all the shitty meat on the Justice League movie we do, can I talk about two scenes that I actually liked? And then we can go back to shitting on it. I liked the scene where the Flash is running and Superman is going all crazy. He forgot who he was. He's just been brought back to life. Spoilers? I guess. Why are you watching the stream? No. Anyway, stay. Keep watching the stream. Anyway, so, um, so he's like stopping all of the heroes that are trying to subdue him, and then the Flash is like, "I got this. I'll just run up behind him." And then <laughs> Superman yeah, is also moment. really fast, yeah. so he basically, in real time, is like turning and looking at the Flash. And the Flash is like, like that's <laughs> one of the funniest scenes ever. Because he's like, "Oh." Crap. Yeah, that is that was really funny. That was, that was funny, and then the second, and I like these moments of humor. So I will also throw out a second humorous scene, which is where we don't get much from Jason Momoa except for him being shirtless and gorgeous. But we do get that one scene where they're off to the like really important mission, and he's sitting there and he goes, "I guess I'm just scared because I just you know blah 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 all these like really internal deep feelings," and then he realizes that the lasso of truth that Wonder Woman has is around him. And I thought that was freaking hilarious. So that I really liked those funny. two scenes. And the scene also, I guess I'm adding a third scene, where the Flash is like saving people by running their car really fast. And then he looks to his right and Superman is flying a whole building full of people saving them. I, and it's just like kind of the the um, competitive nature of those two in the movie. I thought that was right. Cool. And like a, Pedro brings up a good point in the chat, which, uh, good night, Pedro. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. Is, um, this, is it this yeah, one? My DC, God. yeah, they want it to be darker in contrast to the MCU and sort of copy Batman, but their issue was that Batman is a lot of the darker side of, of <laughs> he's a lot of the darker side of DC Comics. Like, Wonder Woman does get dark, but Wonder Woman's not constantly dark. Superman, he's the light side to Batman's dark side. He has, he has dark stuff, but they're not, I mean, he's not 
a monotone character in order to make him dark. Um, and like, yeah, but, and then like, it also like is pretty jarring in terms of like the comedy in Justice League doesn't feel like what the past films set up because you know, Joss Whedon had to do all the reshoots and you can yeah. tell, <laughs> you can tell, yeah, you can really tell. Yeah, but, that's the thing about a, a film is you really do have to set a tone at the beginning and make it consistent through the end, and that's definitely where Justice League fails, the, the 2017. Yeah. Not the animated series, which is irreproachable and amazing and perfect. Yep, correct. The correct opinions. Yeah. That's why so, we're on the stream together. The, the Snyder Cut of Justice League is coming out, and it's going to be interesting to see that, because, Yeah. Yeah, Justice League did do cutesy humor well, which is fine. Like, yeah, that's the humor that was like the Justice League animated series had like that moment where Lex Luthor is in Wally West's body and he's like, "I'm gonna find out who this is." Takes off his mask and he's like, "Who the hell is this kid?" <laughs> like, that's great. That's oh that's what I'm used the to. The series League. has so many amazing moments. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So that I mean, like, so closing thoughts about. Justice League 2017 live action. Micah, what do you think? Other than I just want Warner Bros. to hit the restart button, think the plan through. Was get it some... as bad as this, though? Yeah, but for different reasons. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's nuanced. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, Warner Bros., I know you're watching this. Hit the restart totally. restart button. Because you guys need to plan, you need to plan stuff like this out. It's a big universe, and you want to jump. They want to jump right in with Justice League versus Darkseid, but cutting out a lot of setup for that. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I think that your point is well taken, Micah. That we had all of these characters um, that that were introduced really quickly, and we didn't have the time to care about them. I think that's a yep. really good point. Yes, Jess. DC does have inherently dark villains. But uh yeah. Uh but the villains are contrasted with like Dark Side is like what Superman would become. Joker is what Batman would become. But like the heroes in themselves and like the stories aren't always dark. completely like dark like that. Um, Kelly, I assume you're talking about Kelly. Gotham, I understand. I understand every thought you have about Penguin <laughs> <laughs> and Fish Mooney. I completely Girl, understand. I don't have a Fish Mooney pop figure lying around my house somewhere. <laughs> I have no notes. Um, <laughs> I've not seen all of Gotham, but I have seen the first. Uh, definitely the first season. I think. I've seen the first season and it, it's, this is our segue into the CDW shows, right? Yes, it is. Micah, you know, uh, we're the same wavelength. Booyah. Um, booyah. Yeah, uh, Gotham was really great for that, where you got to see, like, you know me, I'm a guy who loves to hate villains, and Gotham is all that. You get Penguin, you get Riddler, you get Fish Mooney, who's a brand new character, and she's awesome. Um, yes. Yes, definitely. You get, like, Joker, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, yeah, you get like the whole slew of them. And it's pretty great to see how they all become who they are. And yes, that's of course a major factor. That they all uh, look great. Yes. Even Penguin. <laughs> I 
mean, yes. Like, um, yeah, like somehow. <laughs> somehow. It's, yeah, it's kind of a shtick to not be, like, kept to be yeah. a little gross looking and short, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Instead, he's just hot. And you know what? Yeah. I'm here for a Unfortunately, I've only seen a couple seasons, though, because there was yeah. a point where I just kind of fell off of watching CW. And what? Micah. I know. I'm sorry. Get out of it. I know. How dare you? Well, you're going to talk about it for the next 30 minutes, and you're going to like it, Micah. Because it all yeah. started with Arrow. This yep, guy. it started with it started this with guy. This dude, Mr. Oliver Queen. And it was great for, three you know, three, 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 three seasons. <laughs> it got to be great for three seasons. So it, got, it, could, it did what it needed to do. Yeah, which it was set off Flash and Supergirl. That's what it did. Exactly, it inspired better shows, and I'm going to give it credit for that. I will say, Sarah and Laura Lance were the reason I kept watching the show, even past. I did see more than just the first three seasons, unfortunately. (laughs) And Felicity. Felicity, Sarah, and um, Laura were the best parts of the show. And... Every time Oliver Queen was by himself in a scene, I was like, can we get back to the ladies? Because it's like, not interesting. And yeah. I will say, what did you think about the constant flashbacks to the the um, island that he was the on? Island? I don't remember the name, which is hilarious because it's Chinese. It was. Yeah, that is funny. Um, right? I don't remember the name. That's how bad the The island was I super am. interesting. Um, but, like, right. I don't, I don't remember what the finale of it is. I think if they blew it up at the... Fifth season when they caught up with the years, but I do think it was really interesting to show how he got his skills at an early date and to have like a. It's true, Anna. There, there are no complaints, and Oliver had no shirt, but, uh, like having him have like this whole relationship with Deathstroke pre the show was pretty cool to have, and how he sort of changed on the island, and stuff was cool to see. But okay. I, I thought okay. it was a neat gimmick. Right, did you I look it up? You're, yeah, you're seeing live. Um, <laughs> you're seeing research. live research from <laughs> me, Amy. Um, it is. They call it Leon Yu. Micah, you're not going to believe this. That's not the correct way to pronounce it. Oh my gosh! It's Lian Yu. So Lian Yu is supposed to mean um, purgatory, and that is the island that he is stranded on. Uh, and yeah, that is technically true. Lian Yu is like, means purgatory, but specifically also in the Catholic sense, it doesn't have to be, but it does usually in Chinese mean the Catholic idea of, of, um, purgatory. Sorry, Lian Yu, and every time, now I remember it, because every time Oliver said Lian Yu, I was like, (laughs) like, and you can say A-A-N in Chinese, unless there's like a little apostrophe it's Ian and not Ian. So like there's a I'm sorry. Everyone sit down. We have a it's all right. Chinese <laughs> so there's a there's a city in China called Xi'an and it had a little apostrophe. Is that right? Yeah. Apostrophe. And if it didn't have that apostrophe it would be Qian. So it should not be Li on you. It should be Lian Yu. Thank you for coming to my Chinese class. Okay. Pleasure <laughs> so, to be yes. here. <laughs> and yeah, that is that's one way to spell it, um, Aegon. Another way is eh, this is the sort of or correct way to say it is Lian Yu. Yes. Anyway, so what? It, what? It, okay, I didn't. I was so busy researching, I didn't even 
your comment on what you thought about the flashing back by gun the worst. See, uh, was, I thought it was I thought it was a cool gimmick to have to explain his backstory and mm -hmm. how he got skilled and whatnot, like with his training yeah. with Deathstroke and stuff. Yeah, um, and you know what I'm gonna say, Micah? It does have a little bit of Orientalist vibes where he has this like, you know, Chinese master teaching him, you know, how to shoot an arrow. But you know what? It wasn't as bad as it has been. Batman, Batman was away. taught by a organization of assassins in Tibet. So, you know, I don't think he was the only one to have those. Which they maybe actually they, used. Maybe they did pronounce it correctly the show Aegon. It's been so long since I've seen it. Maybe it is supposed, maybe they did say Leon Yu. Anyway, some of them I thought said Leon Yu. Anyway, it's, it's, it's my thing. Um, the thing about Arrow that I liked is actually, like I said, that it allowed other shows to spin off, such as DC Legends, where you have Sarah Lance kind of coming into her own as a character, which I really appreciated because Sarah Lance was always basically the love interest that he cheated on or that yeah. he cheated on her sister with. Yeah, I was super annoyed with how they wrote and, her like throughout the seasons because she died, came back, died again, came back, yeah. died, came back, and then went to Legends. <laughs> she died like... <laughs> Four times, and Laurel and her dad had to go through the same shtick every season. Oh, we <laughs> lost her. oh of, she's back! Oh, we're moving. That was oh, one of the things back. that pushed me away from the show was that constantly happened, and I was like, "Do something else. Just go ahead and make Diggle Green Lantern. We're no, you're gonna do this." Not to mention, <laughs> if they had Sarah Lance coming back so many times, why did Laurel have to die permanently? I know she was like written off the show, but it's you know, come on. Yeah, they could have like, brought her back to life and had her like live her life happily in or die again like, like with Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Speedy's oh, outfit was cool. I do like yes. I did like the outfits that they had. That, those were And cool. um oh god, Roy? Right? Yes, Roy Harper was in it. He was personal. so cute and I was I don't usually ship. Those that know me know that I'm not really into shipping characters, but I was really wanting him and um Ollie's younger sister to make it. Yeah, they were nice. They were a cute couple. But, you know, she had to grow beyond that. And I yeah. actually liked his... Oh, God. What? I told you I'm so bad at names, Micah. His younger sister came into her own in the later seasons, and I really appreciate it. Oh, that was, that's good. That's good. Spe Speedy's a good character. Um, Yeah. And I like... So, like, a cool thing with, like, Green Arrow is how they use, like, the comic history, of course. Like, they had... Green Arrow had very specific friend friendships. He had a friendship with Green Lantern, and he had a friendship with Flash. So, of course, that's how they introduced Flash, right? He shows up in the second season, ki and then kicks off his show. Oh. I think his sister's name is Thea, or something. I think it's Thea. Thea. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but did you mention the Flash? <laughs> I think I did mention the Flash. I think you might have, because that's actually my favorite. Uh, it's between DC Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash, as far as my favorite CW superhero the, show. The Flash did great for really kicking off what Arrow started. Yeah, it did, and it had those really great crossover episodes when Arrow was still uh, airing. So I was watching Arrow and The Flash and Supergirl e even later at the same time, and seeing them come together and do these crossover episodes when they're all having things going on in their respective series was actually really well done. And DC actually does crossovers better than Marvel. I said it. Marvel has like 
four. <laughs> and Marvel Comics itself is huge into crossovers. Huge. So, oh, you mean the comics? Okay. Yeah, the comics. I don't know necessarily. I know I'm more. Can I'm more familiar with Marvel Comics crossovers than the DC Comics crossovers. But I'm saying on the screen, actually, as shows, their crossovers. I think actually are a little bit more smooth than the movie Marvel crossovers in some ways. Yeah, because uh, it's super fun to see since I've like researched like what all the DC Comics crisis events were. It's fun to see like every time they they do their yearly crossover event, it's like a different, it's a their own version of a different DC Comics uh, crisis event. Like they did the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, they did the one with the mind controlling aliens. I believe the Dominators they were called. Great name. <laughs> They dominate. That's what they do. That's what they do. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I, I really liked Flash for what I watched from it the first few seasons. Um. When I when like they I watch had, it for the plot. My yes, God. you do. For the plot. <laughs> I do. I and what they have the way that he has his band of friends around him. We we mentioned Cisco earlier, and then we also have um. Snow. You also, yeah, Is you have Kaylin Snow? Snow, which when yeah. she, which by the way, you saw the movie Sky High, right? Have you seen that? She was the vine. The, yeah, she was a vine lady in Sky she High. She was so good in Sky High. <laughs> I um, loved Sky High. Oh so my like when they were starting God. Flash and they were like, we're casting, uh, we're casting her as Caitlyn Snow, Killer Frost. And I was yeah, like, Kelly, as always, you are the queen of comics, and I bow down to you. Yes. Okay, I have. I have read the X-Men T Titans crossover online uh, through my, I used to have a Marvel Unlimited account anymore, but yes, I have uh, read that. Or did I read it? Okay, I read it. I'm pretty sure I read it. It was interesting. That or I heard a podcast about it. It's always hard to remember. I heard it, about it. It was super it. interesting as someone who's like, you know, known a lot of DC characters through, you know, research and the shows and whatnot to see Killer Frost come in before she's actually Killer Frost. So that's a super interesting yeah, thing. Yeah, and she's, uh, and I kind of like that they had her original backstory with, I believe it was Robbie, her fiance. Yep, but, the first Firestorm. He, who then becomes Firestorm. And it was relevant. They didn't just give us a backstory because to feel sorry for her. He does come back into play. But at the same time, they don't beat that dead horse, you know? When he comes back, they kind of have a rekindling, but then they break it off and, you know, I, I like that rather than having this woman constantly pining after a man. Micah, you know, that's one of my pet peeves. Um, so I really appreciated that she mourned for her fiance, but she didn't, uh, she wasn't caught up on him so much. And so I, I really appreciated that. And um, also, I love the adopted father of the Flash, um, who. Uh, who he played on Law and Order as Detective Green, and he always plays a cop, and I love him. He also was Henry? on Broadway. He played in Rent. Um, oh, you're talking about yeah, the dad character. I'm, it's totally but the dad it's, or the the cop, the adopted dad. So not his dad who's in in jail, not Barry's dad who's in jail, but Barry's like adopted dad of uh, Detective West. Then oh, as yeah. Iris, he, he was great. Wally as well, and I will say Wally West. I love the guy who played Kid Flash. The reason he disappears is because he is currently now a hip hop singer, and you're welcome, world, because he is fabulous and he is here and he is queer and I love him. Anyway, nice. <laughs> he literally <laughs> has. 
he literally has a song or a, a line in one of his songs where he's like, I can quit the flash if I want to. And I was like, yes, you can queen. Yes, you can do what you want. Anyway. So he had yeah. like a lot of success really quickly and he really wanted to do music and he saw acting as just kind of a way to get out there. So he is now doing his passion, which is singing and you go. That's awesome. Glenn Coco, you go. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. As Anna mentioned, I want to just mention how the flash TV series gets the rogues, which are Flash's group of villains, which the, the flash show goes beyond flash's own group of villains. They dabble in everyone, but Captain Cold and Heatwave, Leonard Snart and Mick Rory, I believe Heatwave's name is. They are nailed perfectly. They're the best versions of those two characters yes. from the comics on screen, period. They're just both great. And you see them more in DC Legends, which I think we'll probably just go ahead and talk about next because there is a lot of crossover. Because we do see um, uh, Heat, you know, um, Heatwave, and then we see a little bit of Leonard Snart in there as well, because you know they time travel in DC Legends. They get all yeah. sorts of characters from different timelines. It's amazing. We will talk about DC Legends. Trust me. But one more thing, a couple more things about the Flash. This is a small thing, Micah, but I love it. There, it, season three or four. Spoiler alert. <gasps> I guess. Iris was supposed to die on a certain day in May, and that is my birthday. So if you go figure that out, this is some Amy Blackfire trivia. That's my birthday. So the, the day that that season premiered, when Iris was supposed to die, I was like, happy birthday to me. <laughs> All right, really so I'm going to go rewatch The Flash real quick. I know they literally just pick whatever day that the, that the episode premieres on during late May, but that was my birthday, and I was really excited about that. That's a, that was when they did the the um the futuristic speedster. I can't remember his name. Anyway, it was uh, something that started with an S. I don't know. At so that point, I was guy, gone. It wasn't the guy who went back in time and killed Barry's mom. It no, was, that's Reverse Flash. Yes, that's it gone. was the it was the other dude. It was the freaking uh, I don't know. He, he was not now. Song Reverse Flash is way more interesting. I agree. So this was actually, I think, the weakest villain, but he was supposed to kill Iris West Allen on my birthday, and that is important to me. Um, other than him, though, I would say um, it was something like that, Anna. Yeah, it was like Zantavar or something like that. Zan I don't care for him. I like I Reverse Flash a lot more. Speaking of Reverse Flash, um, uh, Barrowman... Or not Bearman. The guy who played the guy in the wheelchair in the first season, and then they like they're like actually he's evil the whole time. Savitar, His character. Savitar. Once again, oh, Savitar. Why research? So you were really close on it. Savitar. Yeah, he was honestly the bo most boring villain of all of them. And I will say also Wells. I freaking love Wells. Wells. No yes. Timeline, they hey, Harrison Wells. That's his name. Harrison Wells. Yeah. Whether he is, and I love all of the all of the little um references that they do they basically have a guy that's like hg wells right and then they have a guy that's like an adventurer he's kind of like um oh my god i'm so bad at this uh who's the guy that is has the whip in the hat no i got nothing. i don't know and he tries to steal the treasure no yeah okay I shouldn't. Oh, Indiana anyway, Jones. Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. All of these wells have he never uses his lip. other pop culture, and one of them is supposed to be this guy who wants to be a writer, and he's H.G. Wells, which is obviously a very 
famous um, science fiction writer. So lots oh, of interesting yeah. <laughs> stuff. I love what they do with Wells all over the timeline. And the Flash yeah. does dip into the different timelines, but obviously DC takes it on crack, and we're going to talk about that next. But um, ending thoughts about the Flash CW show, my God. It's great, and I should finish watching it. And you should! I'm I, sh- I should for, uh, for the plot. I will say, Savitar, that one season is the weakest, but other than that, it is probably... Other than that, if you take out that season, it is the strongest CW show as far as writing, storytelling, character development, for sure. Um, But, Micah, I have to talk about my love, which is DC Legends of Tomorrow. Because here you've got, um, so you've got their Cyrillance badass captain right in the middle. So they basically are on this time ship. Going through time, saving time, being awesome. And then you've got Snart right there, right? Captain Cold. And then you have Heat Wave next to him. And this is from the first season. So you do have Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Unfortunately, they do not last. But then you also have, um, um, oh my gosh, we just talked about him. The two dudes that come together. Captain Cold and Cap- uh, Heat Wave. No, not just that. The Where it's like oh. the old professor guy and a younger guy. It was originally Ronnie, but now it's, it's this kid. Uh... Oh, uh, I got it. Uh, we're we're um, really bad at remembering things. This this yep. stream, obviously. Um, he's like, he's basically the version of the Human Torch, but it's uh, the DC version of Human Torch. A oh, firestorm. 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 So it's this like, basically this old white professor and this young black man that have to like fusion. Ha! If you guys are yeah. And then they come together okay. in their firestorm. So he's just the yeah. Professor Smart's and the young man's agility together. Um, and that's really fun. And then we also have, um, uh, oh God, the guy who has this basically robotic thing and he can turn really Yeah, the Atom. Yeah, they do the Atom, which is really cool. Yes, and he has this thing with Felicity, which is where, for a while, which is where we have that Arrow DC Legends crossover, which is Right, awesome. they, they have that one bit where he's working on his suit. I believe it's in the Arrow, that he's working on his suit, and then the building explodes. When that happened, I was like, he fixed it. He's tiny now. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Aegon, I totally get you, bro. Legends is dumb, and it's supposed to be dumb, and it's supposed to be really weird. At least they don't kill Sarah Lance six times. Oh my god, seriously. <laughs> what, what I like about it is the time travel. I love the timey-wimey stuff. It is my jam. Yeah, so I will, I will they say They basically for, have a TARDIS. I mean, it's amazing. You know what's even more hilarious is not only do they have a TARDIS, but the guy who plays a time traveler is from Doctor Who. He played one yes, of the companions. It, it, so for those of you that are Doctor Who nerds, you will... I think you will like DC Legends. Also, it has this guy Probably. who is a historian who is Steel. He turns into... I just keep comparing everyone to X-Men, but he's basically the Colossus of the DC Universe. He can oh, turn into the Steel guy. Yeah, they have Steel. Oh, Later cool. seasons, Micah, I... keep watching! <laughs> they put in yes. so many... Yeah, they, Rory, yes, Rory. We will not forget Rory. We will never forget Rory. Oh, no. my God. Um... Well, they just got so many characters in there, and there's some where I'm like, okay, they have them in the team. That's interesting. Like, putting Captain Cold and Heatwave into your main superhero team is, like, such a wild card. I That's love it. That's the thing is, they're not superheroes. They're legends. As they mention often in the show, they're different in that they are there to Most of them save are superheroes. the time in general, 
but they're not necessarily good guys, if that makes sense. Yeah, most they're of them are good guys. They're there to do the job, and <laughs> you're right. <laughs> most of them are good guys. I'm not having it, Amy, with your nuanced view of DC Legends. <laughs> no, you are right, though. But yeah, that's not Adam. For those of you who have not seen DC Legends, one of the best parts is how Rory is—he's a criminal. He's been a criminal all his life. He joined the DC Legends very begrudgingly. He also writes romance novels under a female pen name, and I am here for it. This show is wild and it's supposed to be weird and it's supposed to be kind of the b-list characters from all of these cw shows coming together and doing timey whiny stuff and it's really fun it's so much fun so if you're looking for kind of a superhero show that isn't necessarily serious like arrow and is campy but a little bit more like the danger feels more real than flash dc legends is exactly what you need is what i'm saying all right uh, we should probably get, doesn't die every five we, we sh- Yeah. <laughs> we should probably talk about Supergirl here because we're nearing the two Indeed. hours. Indeed. Yeah. So yes. um, Supergirl's great. Uh, again, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I, I catch bits of it because uh, some of my family members are watching it. So I've caught more bits of it recently. Like, uh, of course, I'm a DC ner- nerd, so she meets the um, mont L the guy from another planet who was near Krypton, but it kind of got uh, jettisoned out of the solar system. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yes, and Anna. Yes, it's great. Um, no, uh, I actually have seen every episode of Supergirl. You might be surprised, Micah. Um, like I, I said, John Jones is amazing in there. We also get a little bit of McGann. We get this kind of, oh, humans realize aliens are real and have to live with them in harmony kind of thing. A little bit. God. Just talking about X-Men all day. But really similar to mutants living with humans in the X-Men universe, right? There's tension going on. Right. Um, Supergirl is a great great character to use that with. And this is the show that I'm reading. This is, I believe her name is Melissa Benoit. I'm not 100% on that. That sounds sounds right. I'm not sure on the pronunciation. She's also really, I listened to her on a podcast just talking to someone about, it was just one of those informal interview podcasts. She's actually a really wonderful person. Um, but the show itself is really great, and she also has this adopted sister who is really important to her. So there's a lot of human aspects to Supergirl that I really like. And she also, you know, has that thing with that guy, and so you've got a little bit of romance. I think Supergirl CW. has Yay! <laughs> so I really think that Supergirl has it all. Um, so you should definitely check out uh, Supergirl, and it was originally, I believe, on CBS, and then went to the CW, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was, yeah. the first season was CBS, I believe, and then it went to CW. But, and yeah. it was meant to be a CW show, well, I don't know why it didn't start out on CW. Well, from what I've seen of it, it, it is pretty good, and I did like it. I and, like it, too. Um, so let's start, I'm just gonna talk a smidgen about the more minor DC, so-called minor DC CW shows, and I did want to talk a little bit about Black Lightning. And the reason, there are many reasons I want to talk about it. First of all, it's a great show. And second of all, the representation in Black Lightning is amazing. And I really wish that the CW shows would be a little bit better about representation overall on all of their superhero shows rather than just creating a quote-unquote black superhero show and calling it good. Um, But Black Lightning is really good. You um, you, You have this 
you know, Black Lightning himself, who is an older man, he's in a place called Freeland, which is modeled a little bit after Chicago, kind of fused with New York. Um, and so it's a more diverse city and it has, it does have some issues with crime. Um, but also mostly it has under-resourced communities. And so it's really understood, misunderstood. So what I really like about that is, um, as you can see in this picture, he is with one of his daughters. He has two daughters and they are both really strong women. And he is, um, they basically do like the flash timeline. He's a metahuman and there are metahumans in Freeland, which is yep. a city. And so his, both of his daughters are therefore born metahumans. Um, and so they, you know, they're fighting crime, but they're also dealing with a lot of issues of kind of like mafia stuff going on and also dealing with a lot of politics and corruption within the city, um, politician base, which, you know, doesn't really surprise anyone. Um, so, so I think it's really well balanced as far as, uh, the action feeling real, the danger feeling real, and also it, it's able to approach and address a lot of issues that I think most CW superhero shows can't just because by virtue, it is a more diverse show. So that's our honorable mention nice. for Black Lightning. I wish I could talk Ooh. about it more because I have seen all of it. It is an amazing show, but I did also want to do an honorable mention for the new, there's actually another newest show, but the second to last newest show, which is Stargirl. Only yes. has one season so far. But I actually think it was a very strong start. Have you seen it, Micah? I have not seen it. I think I will. I, I was very surprised when I learned that it was coming out because Stargirl is a very minor character. Yes. I'm like, I, I was like thinking, I'm like, what could they, like, what, what, what does she bring to the table that like, like, like kind of like Supergirl wouldn't? Like she's different from, different from Supergirl, but Supergirl has sort of a lot of stuff you can work with that I wasn't sure. If you could with Stargirl, but I've seen glimpses, and I know they're doing stuff with Justice Society. It looks yes, like they are that that original team. Yes. Exactly. So I'm 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 likely gonna give it a shot at some point. I'm you should Mike, like, especially like I said, most of the shows we've been talking about have two to five seasons, but Stargirl only has one. So if you want a CW show that you can quickly watch the first season and decide from there, Stargirl is it for you, and it has that classic high school superhero thing going on right so you know like with black with black lightning it does follow his daughters who are in high school but it also follows him who is he's a principal of the school right so he's an adult the flash he's he's already out of college you know arrow very adult but if you kind of want that teen superhero like star girls for you and i actually really like it i think that it has that right amount of action and also the right amount of humor and the danger feels dangerous which is always nice it does it's campy but not to the point where you you're like ah, everyone's gonna live anyway it doesn't matter um yeah so i actually really like star girl and i do recommend it um it also talk about diversity it is slightly it could be better but it is slightly but her friends are not just all white let's put it that way so she oh, builds cool. a team uh based off of the justice is it justice society oh, I she, second she builds the team yes so she well, that's basically quest. uses <laughs> So she uses the spoiler. She uses the. Um, <laughs> I'm just surprised. I'm like, the, wow, with Star Girl, okay. Okay, yeah. So she's basically a stand-in for Starman. So she has his stuff, right? Uh, not yeah. his costume because she had to like get it redone, but like the staff. Yeah. The cosmic staff. She has the the um, costumes of the other members of of the Justice Society. It's Justice Society. I'm saying it right. Yeah, it's Society. 
Great. Yeah, and so, she, like, the guy with the hourglass man, you know, she has all that. So she yep. finds people her age in high school to take over their roles. So it's it's kind of like a revamping of it. And I really yeah. liked it. And it is a lot more woke. There are, um, you know, there are people that are uh, of different races and there are some queer people. So I do appreciate that. That's so cute. I really recommend Stargirl. Okay. One more honorable mention because it is very, very new, but the CW is like, we're going all in on Superman then. So in Supergirl, we do have a couple of cameos by this man playing Super. Oh, I can't. Everything's backwards on StreamYard, so wait. Nope. Uh, there you go. No, wait, no, I, no. Oh, wait, there you go. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> you got it. That guy playing Superman, he played um, a... He played a werewolf in Teen Wolf. That's what yes, I've seen I recognize him. Yes, so I, I did Teen him. Wolf. I'm sorry, I have not everyone. Seen it, yet. it says January 2020. It is January 2020, so it's happening now. Folks. I actually saw a teaser. I actually saw a teaser, and apparently it's going to be on HBO Max as well, which explains what the teaser was like. So the teaser what felt very HBO. I was just like, this is CW. <laughs> this doesn't feel like CW, but all right. And so I don't know anything about it, so I just wanted to give a shout-out. And Batwoman, I also wanted to give a shout-out. So they have done a recasting. It only has, to my knowledge, one season out. And they are, um, way to show up, Jada. Just kidding. That's my uh, co-host over at John Webster Film. Please check him out. I will put his links in the description. I need to update the description, but yes. Um, so back to Anna, though. Batwoman, yes. So um, they have basically... Uh, uh, Kane is the last name, but they do have a relative of Bruce Wayne taking over as Batwoman. They have recast her as a woman of color, and I'm so here for it. I'm so excited for season two. They have the casting done. They're they're gonna start shooting. Um, but you know, with unfortunately with COVID nineteen, we do have some delays. But I'm very excited for it. I thought the first season was very strong. Mike, I don't know if you've seen it. I've not seen that one. Um, it's really great. I kind of fell off the CW train at a point. I get that, but I am basically in an abusive relationship with the CW, and I will never leave. <laughs> I, wa I will watch every minute of every hour except for the last season's Arrow that the CW has to offer. And we also, of course, another honorable mention, I have seen every minute of Lucifer as well. I I've seen an episode of Lucifer. I, I, I saw an episode of Lucifer, and I was like... I watch it for the plot, Micah. I understand. <laughs> I, I completely understand. Not for the shortlist hot British dude. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely Lucifer not. is also um, uh, DC on the TV. And it... Mm, I'm not super into his thing with the detective. Um, I believe her name is Chloe. Uh, Anna can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I, it was too much will they or won't they for too many seasons. You know? Um, it, it kind of was like, uh, it just, it took too long, but when it did happen, I suppose it was a lot of a payoff. What I really like about Lucifer actually is his relationship with another angel, um, his brother, uh, Amigda, oh Jesus. Gabriel? Michael? It starts with Raphael? A, no, it's none of the big ones you think of. It's like Amigda. Azriel? No. As, help me in the chat. Aziraphale? Like, it starts with an A. Aziraphale? I don't. Anyway, Go I'll on. let the chat help me out on that. I'm thinking of Aziraphale. Um, 
Amenadiel? Amenadiel. Yes, Amenadiel. Um, you both helped me at the same time. Yes, Amenadiel. Yeah, they have this, and it's cute because he, Amenadiel calls him Lucy, and technically if he were to call Amenadiel, he would call him Amy. So I'm like, that'd be kind of cute if he did. But um, that, was a, that was really, I like their dynamic um, more than anything in the show. And also he has, um, Lucifer has a demon that comes with him to Earth. It's basically the demon, the, the devil in Los Angeles, which yeah. I'm totally here for as someone who lives in Southern California. Uh, I'm so here for it into the whole plot. He, he's just like, I'm going to own a nightclub and be the devil in Los Angeles. Like, yes. Um, I know, right, Leaf? I don't understand. <laughs> Why is he not just called Amy? Anyway, um, so yes. So he has a deal and he has Mazikeen, known as Maze, who is his demon there. And there's just a lot of really good stuff going on in Lucifer. Um, but that, yeah. that definitely deserves an honorable mention as far as DC on the TV. Um, I'm looking through our images, and I think we've talked about everything that we said we were going to talk about, Micah. So do you have any closing thoughts for us? Uh, not that much. I did want to I did want to mention the um, show Constantine had a really solid first season, and the guy that Matt Ryan played Constantine was couldn't have gotten a better person to play Constantine. And then they got him back yeah. on Legends, and yes, that was he great. was on Legends as well. So this is from the first season but he becomes a permanent part of the legends in later seasons. And he, he's they actually, couldn't have gotten anyone else to be. He was so good. He's so good at Constantine. He has that kind of um, pessimism, but also in the end, he'll like, fine, I'll do the right thing and save everyone kind of Constantine. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's got the, he has the mannerisms and everything down. He has the, like, I'm so, He's I'm, perfect. There's I'm, nothing I'm wrong gonna, with I'm his performance as Constantine. I'm going to reference a, 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 a lyric from The Weeknd, who is a rapper, like a, or a singer, I don't know if you know. But he has a, searching for my soul, Constantine. He has that as like a lyric. Like Constantine is known for like this guy who's kind of, his soul is lost, but he's kind of trying to find it. But he, he has such, he's magical, but he also has this constant hell-fearing, attitude that I find yeah. really fascinating. Alright, uh, I think that's like all that I had to say. I just wanted to make sure we mentioned that because Constantine is one of my favorites. Yeah, no, Constantine is great and we have so many honorable mentions to make. Unfortunately, slash fortunately, the DC Universe is huge. And um, even some, you know, great heroes that are in comics have never even made it on the TV. So this is, you know, yeah, limited like, to... Yeah, no, no one's seen Aztec yet. So I'm waiting to see if someone actually does Aztec. <laughs> there's there's a hero whose name is Aztec. I mean... I don't it, know what he does. I don't think anyone does. He is... Has, grows corn? I'm, sorry, I don't know. <laughs> about Aztec culture. I All don't right. know. Um... Uh, Micah, once again, tell us where to find you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Micah underscore of Clark. I am one of the hosts on the Planet Toast podcast, and you see us upload, um, I'll say more than Maester Monthly. But um, uh, I, I'm i mostly on Twitter. Uh, people who know me in Slack know where I am. Uh, and then usually yes, I... In the description for Micah for sure, and I'm gonna go yeah, back. And I don't have that many. Um, I'm too. going to be on a stream next Wednesday uh, at Yogi's Through the Moon Door channel uh, at 3 p.m. Eastern time, and you can find me talking about my top 10 ish minor characters. 
Actually, I, have not, I have not seen Swamp Thing yet, so no, it's not getting its own video. I haven't seen Swamp Thing either. I, know it's I should thing. get it, but I haven't seen. It. Sorry. We didn't even talk about Young Justice, but that could take its own video Young if I rewatch the whole thing. Okay, all of the Justice League and Unlimited and Young Justice deserves its own stream. Maybe that's in the Basically, future. Basically, yeah. We do like a rewatch. But yeah, no, I want to rewatch all of it and have an awesome stream about it with you, Micah. So we'll do that something like that yeah. in the future. So yeah, that's that's where you can find me. And yeah, I'll be talking about my top 10-ish minor characters next week on Yogi's channel. And that's your thing, Micah. That is your brand. That's my thing. Like, I'm going to be talking it's about... It's like my Chinese yeah. literature, but your minor character. Yep. <laughs> it's your thing. Yep. Um, it's going to be a fun list. It's going to be full of surprises. Oh my god, John, we do not have enough time to talk about Watchmen because I love No, we Watchmen. did not talk oh, about Watchmen. So, so much. sorry, I John. Watchmen. I want to do I would love to do a whole separate stream on Watchmen. Anyway, so I'm going to I'm going to give you the plugs that I have just coming up this week because you if you want to hear what I have going on in the future, you know, once this is posted, rewind to the beginning because I list literally everything I'm on. But um, tomorrow, this uh, Saturday, the 23rd, John Webster Film, we're talking about X-Men, the first movie. I am always streaming over at John Webster Film on Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern with my buddy, John Webster, and we are always talking about amazing movies. Um, we have a lot coming up. We're going to talk about X-Men. And the next Saturday after that, we're going to be talking about Pan's Labyrinth. And then February is going to be a whole month of amazing movies for Black History Month. We're going to have a great time with some awesome guests. So that's going to be very fun. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, literally the next day, <laughs> at 6 p.m. Eastern, going to be on Here We Dragons. And we're going to be talking about the first three episodes of WandaVision. I'm obsessed with X-Men, in case you haven't noticed, because it's a DC stream, and I referenced X-Men 50 times. Um, so we're going to be having a good time. But like I said, I have a lot of content coming up on Amy, Mom, my Amy Blackfire. I'm referring to myself in the third person, my YouTube channel. Hey, you never have a lot going on. There's a little icon on the right, bottom right of this video that's a, that's a picture of me all cartoonish. And if you click that, you are subscribed to this channel. I would love it if you would subscribe. I check them obsessively. And when I go up in subscribers, it makes me feel good. So please do that. Please like Please comment on this video. Follow me on Twitter. I think I'm a fun follow. Mostly it is me plugging my own stuff, but it's also me telling you I randomly dream. And I also set up polls. I love polling people who watch my stuff. What do you think about Song of Ice and Fire? His Dark Materials, Avatar Life Stairbender. I want to know your opinions. So I have lots of polls going on. I am Amy Poller, P-O-L-L-E-R. So please follow me on Twitter at Amy Blackfire. Um, I have fun over there. Micah is also a fun follow. He has some great minor character musings here and there. So both of our Twitters are in the descriptions. And once again, <laughs> thank you so much to everyone in the chat. I had such a great time with you all tonight. And Micah, my goodness, thank you for being my buddy. And thank you for bantering with me on my second ever episode of Buddy Banter. No problem. I was great to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Even yes. though it took me a month to think of what I should talk about. But when you about. thought of it, it was an amazing topic. And so next month's Buddy Banter is going to be with Lo the Leaks. And as far as I know, um, they and I will be talking about uh, politics in fantasy and why we should talk about contemporary politics in fantasy. It's going <sighs> to get heated. Be in the chat telling me all your Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'll be in the chat for that We're one. We're going to talk about death of the author and why you're wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm never We're wrong. Have a really good time. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, once again, Micah, thank you for being my buddy and thank you for bantering.
and we will see you next time. Like I said, I have a lot coming up, but next time, next time's buddy banter will be low. We're going to have a great time. So see you then. Bye-bye.